I have, I have two, two things I want to learn with the Hevra. I have something on my mind very stark that I want to start with, and then a Gemara Babakama that I want to be on my mind stark, so that will do second. One thing that is on my mind and one I want to put on my mind. What's on my mind is I want to say to the guys, I'm curious if this is familiar to anybody ever had this, that your friend is having some sechzuch, some debate or difficulty with the parent, and in your mind you're like frustrated. How could his mother, how, how does she appreciate him more? How doesn't, you have like a frustration with the parent, like why they do something, why they behave a certain way. And I want the guys to know that don't ever underestimate the love of a parent. I'm not talking about parents don't make mistakes. Don't underestimate the love of a parent. I want to say in my career in yeshiva, some of the worst mistakes I made are from liking, when I liked the guy even more. If I had a tremendous, I, I have caught myself with a guy that I was very, very close to of getting impatient on his growth. If somebody's not your son, so it's much, much easier to be patient, trust the process, and you look at the parent, what's wrong with you? Trust the process. But you know how much a parent wants good for the kid? Do you know how hard that is? I want to give the following muscle. I give the following muscle. Shui, this ta- you see this table? Everybody on the tape, they can't see it. Very thin table we're talking about here. Hello, we have the chasen here. Here we go, chasen. Hello, story. I'm gonna, I want, after I finish, I, I need to finish the story that's burning on my mind. I'm going to talk about the chasen. I am distracted with the chasen, but this story is on my mind. So I'm going to switch. I have to get, tell you the story that's burning on my mind, talk about the chasen, then learn a gemara that I want to put on my mind. If you see this thin table, Shui, would you walk across from here to the other side? In a second. In a second. Momo, you do it? Let's clear. Let's, let's have Momo do it. Clear the table. I'm just... But I, <laughs> he would do it. He would do it. I would have him do it right now with big Yishmak. You're not supposed to stand on a shulchan. Shulchan's very holy. You're not supposed to stand on a shulchan. But I'd have him walk across. Even though it's debatable, you don't eat on this. Tenzan Yakun, a shulchan that you eat on is very holy because you have archim at the table. Very holy. This table's holy. You learn that maybe you could stand on it. Depends why you stand on it. Lamaisa. Lamaisa. Momo said, Shui said he'd walk across it. Easily, both of them didn't hesitate. Maybe you'd walk across it. You wouldn't. Why? If, if me and Viggy each held down each side. I like that. I like your caution. I like that. Me and Viggy hold it down. He trusts us both. He probably would do it. Maybe. I shouldn't say probably. Say what he said, maybe. Now, Yehuda, if I take this table and I put it between, remember the Twin Towers were very high up. If I put this 4,000 feet in the air, now you're walking across? You did it easily here. Me and Biggie holding it down. You did it very easily. All of a sudden, let's say it's 4,000 feet in the air. I take two planes, two helicopters hovering in the air, and I put the same board between them, walk across. Let's go. You did it easily. You did it again and again. If, I don't know who here would do it. I'm like looking around, the, the daring ones. For sure it's Svi and Yeshiva, like hands down. Who the guy in Yeshiva? I should have wrote, wrote it down and asked Hudi. He would have gotten it. In the Yeshiva, the guy most likely to do it is Svi, right? We're doing a set. He probably actually would like do it like yeah, some, he would do it from under. He would actually do walking on his hands across. He'd go on the bottom holding up, whatever. But Lemaisa, Lemaisa Aryeh, all of a sudden it's not so simple. You probably wouldn't do it even though it's something you could do. Because the stakes are so high, because when it's on the ground, so nope. The worst case scenario is that. So, I, why I, I just like the guys, so I'm gonna share an embarrassing story in my life that just reminds me of, I was at a rest stop with my kids. We were driving back from Cleveland and I wanted to make things gishmak. You know, the kids, is a long trip. We were getting a little antsy in the car. So we run. We go to the rest up. We've already had relay races. We do geschmack of stuff. So there was a tall garbage can that I was convinced for some reason. It was on the grass, and I was convinced they have cement underneath, which they had. And I thought it was cemented into the ground. 
can't explain the way of the garbage. So I asked my kids, like an over like a bed, could I jump to the top of the garbage? I had a pretty good leap. Could I jump to the top of the garbage? Ah, you can, you can't. I run up, jump to the top of the garbage, and unbeknownst to me, it was not attached to the ground. I broke I broke a bone in my back. It's called the sulcrum. I broke a bone in the lower back. Collapse. That doesn't remind me walking when the stakes are high. Lumaisa, you take this table and you put it thousands of feet in the air, the stakes are high. It's not so easy to walk across. And often, by somebody else says, trust the process, and it's easy to be patient with somebody. And you look at your friend's parents, like, I don't get it. Like, why can't they be patient? And I'm understanding that you don't have the love they have, you don't have the care they have. Now, I'm not condoning not being patient. I am saying, don't judge your friend. Don't judge somebody else. And I am saying that often, I promise I've caught myself where I got impatient with a bacher. I say you just acted like a parent. You liked him too much. Where you acted impatiently and you were like, because oh, he just wanted it too bad. And, and, and it is true. And I'm not condoning being impatient. But I am saying don't judge somebody and don't underestimate the love of a parent. And understand often where it's coming from. Understand often that it's coming from a place and it's important. We say Dan Lekav Schos is not just judging people out there. Judge our loved ones favorably also. Often it comes from a place of wanting it too badly. Now I'm not condoning, we need to learn patience, v'chulu. But understand that often it comes from a good place. Some of the worst mistakes I've ever made in Chinuch is I come and say, ah! And you cared almost, almost, in your care so much, you lost your patience. Now what happened in the equation, why were you patient with somebody else? You just didn't care as much. Now I'm not saying every time you're patient means you don't care. We have to care to the end of the world and still learn to be patient. It's the most, it's very interesting. Guys just came back from baseball. If you know how baseball's played, I used to be a very good fielder and a weak hitter. And today I can hit it hard and far. I've learned different things about hitting. And the tendency, your gut, if you want to hit baseball, I'm pretty competitive, and you squeeze the bat. That's either just like volleyball, basketball, you're like, you're like riled up. See, so your tendency in baseball is to squeeze it and very tense. And if you know about hitting a bat, you're supposed to hold the bat lightly. It's supposed to be a lot of give. Dave Winfield, an old baseball player, used to throw his bat in the stands all the time. You wonder, like, buddy, hold on to your bat. Once in a bloom when a baseball player's bat goes flying, not talking about when it splinters. Tony he couldn't hold it. They hold, I read, Tony Gwynn wrote a book. In his book, he describes hitting. A bucker showed it to me that he held it loosely. And it goes, and in general, you want, it's called staying back, especially in the major league where they have off-speed stuff and that there's up to, you want, you want to like control your tenseness. In other sports, in, in football, you rile up somebody, get them crazy and tense, and they just go out there. In baseball, that's not the vibe. You want to control your, when you're even at the plate, in a big key spot, it's, Viggy was up at the end of the game and hit a home run to win it, I saw at the end last year. And I, I thought, I, didn't, I, wasn't, I actually didn't think he hit it out because he wanted it too bad, it's very tricky. In football, when you want it bad, you truck everybody, it's aggression. In basketball, you want it bad, let it all out. Baseball's very fascinating, because you want it bad, you still relax. When you're up there in your head, in football, Momo's not saying, when he gets a big touchdown, it's not chill out, he's like <laughs> And then you just let it go. In baseball, it's not that way. You're fiery, and you say to yourself, stay back, stay back. Stay back. That's what you're telling yourself. Stay back. Stay relaxed. Stay in it. You literally want to like calm yourself down. If you're over aggressive, you're not going to hit it out. And a big part of hitting hard is soft, is staying back, staying in, not getting ahead of yourself. You don't swing right. You know what I'm talking about, David It's a big part of, of doing well in baseball is controlling that. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter said about Ruchnius, if he knew baseball, it was, it wasn't, Rabbi Yisrael wasn't a baseball aficionado, Rabbi Yisrael said that Ruchnius is like holding a bird. He said, hold it too loose, it flies away, squeeze too tight and you kill it. So you have to hold it. He, he was describing, you want it so badly, 
a lot of times Bali Chuva are very aggressive on their children. It comes to a place they want it so badly. They gave up everything for this. Do you know what this means to me? But it's not football, it's baseball. If you squeeze the bird, you're going to kill it. Rabbi Yisrael for sure would have used baseball, Mayor. If he had baseball, the aggression of Ruchnius, the excitement, the want for Ruchnius has to be like baseball. Where you want it so badly, but it has to be natural, but it has to be comfortable, but it has to be slow, but it has to be sincere. I know you want it badly. That's the aggression, so to speak, of baseball. Don't squeeze it too tight. You can watch guys play, especially in a key moment, and he's going to get himself out. He's squeezing the bat tight. He's being overly aggressive. A pitcher can get him very easily, can fool him. He swings at bad pitches. He's way, stay back, stay in the moment, stay calm. That's the chill. So a lot of times, this point I wanted to bring out about not judging other people is the mistakes parents make often come from a place. I'm giving one example of something, but we'll judge parents. Like, I don't get it. Why don't they sh- understand that sometimes the mistakes come from a place of love? I'm not doing away with all mistakes, and I'm not saying from a place of love you can't do really bad things that you owe apologies for. But it's still a dan schos. To know that it comes from a place of care is a dan schos. It's a tremendous dan schos, and it matters what the place that it came from is. That does matter. And if it comes from a place of love, it's different than when it comes from other places. So I wanted to share that with the guys. That's what is on my mind. What I want to mention about the chassan, about Hillel is here, the chassan, and Baruch Hashem, he did a shidduch of a rub's daughter and married a chashim, a chashim, a person. What always struck me about Hillel and always is the model in yeshiva, in yeshiva people are geared up to shtaig. And certainly we want tremendous accomplishments in Torah and Ruchnius. And Hillel, somebody who has sat and learned Basmada for years and grown. But the model, what we always say is to grow and cause to grow. What we think about is to be a person, not just to... It can be, growth and steiging could be a very selfish pursuit. And I've seen this. And I've seen this. I've seen it become a massive scholastic competition and you develop very selfish people. I don't think it necessarily changes later on. It's a competition. Remember, the most honor goes to the one who does the most. It's a scholastic competition. And I've seen this in environments where guys are just trying to, you'll be the big gun, the best guy, the number one, the spitz. You're the epitome, and it becomes a competition, and you try to outdo whether you go to sleep you go to sleep, you know, you wake up earlier, you go to sleep later, you do more blot, more hours, bigger, better, and it's one big scholastic competition. That's very concerning because then it's all about you. It's all about you. I've been, lead, I've been reading before, before Pesach, before Pesach, before Shavuos, I've been learning the Sefer on Kabbalah Satira that, that says over the Torah of Ravichamaya Morgenstern, and he's talking a lot about when you learn, you're connecting to Hashem, Hashem's Torah, Hashem's Torah. And learning with a certain humility, not making it all about you being big stuff. If a guy is in a kingdom and he wants to be the biggest gun in the kingdom, he wants to be the hotshot, you don't love the melech, you love you. If you want the Melech's Malchus to do well and you care that everybody does well, that's loving the Melech. It's normal to care about yourself. Of course we care about ourselves. But it's important to grow and cause to grow. To grow and cause to grow. It's not a scholastic competition. That's remarkably dangerous. If it's me against you, you against him, and who can be the man is remarkably dangerous. And the model of steiging is growing and assisting others along the way. You're helping others, encouraging others. Not, I don't look at it when I get there, then I'll turn it around, because I don't think a person's trained to be a giver like that. He's actually developed a very selfish person. To hope the selfish guy becomes a giver, I don't know if it works that way. And, I'm not talking about humility. I agree. That's very important. Revolver spoke about not, I'm not talking about another. Be, be arrogant. Get all the covered. 100% work for covered. Be the man. Don't forget about your friends.
100%. Be the man. I'm not at all worried that a guy gets a lot of covet for it. Excellent. And like the covet and go for the covet. I am worried if you're stabbing other people along the way. If it's to the exclusion. What I would say is, I mean the Taisvis. What I'm really describing is the Taisvis. Taisvis asked the following stira. I'll come from a Taisvis. Viggy pushed, it's good. He asked the cashier. Rabbi Yisrael says yes. So I want to say the exact thing, what I mean. Listen to what I mean. Taisvis asked the stira. It says in the Gemara that somebody learns Shaloi Lishma, Noyach Loi Shaloi Nivra. It's better not to be created. Now the Gemara is saying something. When Chazal say, Shui, it's very cool. Chazal said, you learn Torah Shalom it's better not to be created. Right? Shapiro taught us all to think. Chazal is saying so extreme. He learned Shalom Lishma, it's better you don't exist. Whoa, tough stuff. Don't say that in Waterbury. There's a Chazal. We learn Chazal in Waterbury. What's Chazal saying? It's better you're not created. What does that mean? <laughs> what that means is, is the purpose of creation in Leibrisi Yoyma Balaylef, not for Torah, Chuki Shemayim Varetz Leisamti. Gemara Nadarim, I wouldn't have created the world. The world was created to learn Hashem's Torah, to connect Hashem through His Torah. That's the purpose of creation. That's why we have creation, to connect Hashem. So, in Leibrisi Yoyma without Torah, which is the Spitz connection to Hashem, Chuki Shemayim Varetz, I wouldn't have created the world. So here's a guy's learning is the purpose of creation. Says the Gemara, if you're learning Shaloi Lishma, then Noyach Loi Shaloi Never, you shouldn't have been created. You're not keeping the purpose of creation. It's Noyach Loi Shaloi Never. You're learning. That's the purpose of creation. If you learn, if you learn Shaloi Lishma, Noyach Loi Shaloi Never. Frek Taisakasha, the Gemara says, Lo'olam Yilamid Adam Shaloi Lishma, Shemato Shaloi Lishma, Balashma. Do it Shaloi Lishma, and you'll come to Lishma. Ask Taisvis a stirrup. It's Taisa's kasha. What does Taisa's answer, Hevra? Shaloi Lishma is wonderful. What Vigi taught us. Learn to be the best guy in yeshiva. Learn for honor. Gishmak. Lekanter lechaveri. But if you're stabbing your friend, noyach leishloi nivra. If the Shaloi Lishma is you put down the other guy and you're bashing, noyach leishloi nivra. On that we don't say learn Shaloi Lishma. On that we don't, Rabbi Yisrael never would teach. So I'm bringing an awareness. I don't, we're all human. We like some good cover that we get. Wonderful. We're human. That will keep advancing. Nothing wrong with that. But it's such a mile along the way. Assist the next person. Make sure you get your friends. The opposite of lekanter lechaveri. Get your friend the covet also. Bring him too for the ride. And I want to say on Hillel that the steiging all the years was always inclusive. Always in healthy ways. Include the next person. Always. Always trying to uplift the next one. All the years in yeshiva, trying to uplift the next one, pick up the next one. There's another nekuda also. I have seen when people shtaig, I have seen somebody look down at others. I'm shtaig and they look down. I've seen other people get better eyesight. If I cared. I always love in yeshiva, a guy learns the of Elayla, he sits together in 10th grade, doesn't feel, doesn't look down. If I cared. He's not insecure about it. He'll always, all the years, all the years of steiging, finishing Masech, Asmada, giving Shiurim in Tarashayim, but always, never, but not like he's being nice to somebody, never, always with an eye in Taiv. So tremendous, tremendous, Hill has done tremendous things with good eyesight over the years, with sharing over the years, has done tremendous things. So it's, it's always when a good person gets a tremendous shidduch and Hashem showers bracha, that's a kid of Shemayim. So I want to wish Hillel, he should be zeichel with his precious kala, to build the bias nema Yisrael, a house full of taira, full of kindness, full of ayin taiv, many, many from that beautiful home. Many, many people should be sheltered and warm and go closer to Hashem through Hillel's precious home. If I could share, if I could share Gemara and Baba Kama with the Chevra, a very interesting Gemara I want to learn. It's Baba Kama Chafam and Bez, Aryeh. Gemara says like this Rami Barchama misses Yeshiva one day. He misses Yeshiva, it happens. Missed Yeshiva one day. Rav Chester says, Rami Barcham, oh, you don't know. He's like almost so mean. He says, oh, did you miss a day? It's interesting. He like ribs Rami Barcham, what went on in the basement. I hope we have Azam Musr today. Maybe it'll be Gishma. Who knows? That you could tell a guy you missed. Oh, what you missed today. Shuri, it's funny to me. 
Reb Chesta says to Rami Bar Chama, he says, you weren't in the base Medrash. Oh, was there a mealy mali? Oh, did good things happen. I want to tell you a sheet of mine, Yair. It's a big sheet of the yeshiva. I'm not into incentives. I have a raya from a Taisvis. I typically don't like incentives. I ask the Rebbeim typically not to do incentives. I, I, in this yeshiva, nobody's being paid to put on film. You should pay to put on film. You're not getting paid to put on filling. You're not getting paid to keep Shabbos. No, no, no. We don't, we're not going there. I, the, the rule with incentives, I do, the rule with incentives are as follows. When do you do incentives? Well, not, it's a Taisvis. If somebody offers you an incentive, Let's say there's something Yair you want to do anyway. But it's hard, so an incentive is the pshat. I want to do it anyway. Narvas, it's hard for me. So if you give me an incentive, if you tell me I'll pay you to do it, let's say in the mirror, a guy wants to take a bechin on a hundred blat. That's hard, and he wants to do it. So they tell him, we'll give you a hundred bucks for the bechinah. And he studies and learns and knows. And then they tell him, I'm sorry, an anus happened, we can't give you hundred dollars, we don't have the money. You think the guy says, shucks, I learned it? He just wanted to learn it. I make incentives with myself. I don't have a Shabbos talus for a long time. If anybody gave it to me, I'd give it away. Because I have certain incentives writing, and I haven't reached my incentives. And you'll know that I'm a half-decent human being. If I ever get a Shabbos, I don't have one for years. You just know that I'm a guy who can't do my incentives. So I am not living up to what I want to do. But I get my Shabbos, trust me, it's a minor zach that I don't have. It's I want to be embarrassed that I don't have. But I make incentive. I have deals with myself. And you're not getting it till you reach the deal, Kalish. Not a little, not trying, till you reach it. I make incentives. Now, Yair, why do I do incentives? Because let's say I reach my deal, and punk, they're out of talesim in the world. Am I going to say, shucks, you shouldn't have done that deal? No, I'm just doing the deal to get, to get me moving. And if the incentive doesn't come, Taisva says that's the rule. If somebody's going to be mischarit, going to regret they did it, if they don't get the incentive, you're not allowed to do incentives. If you pay a guy to put on film, you're not allowed. If you pay a guy a hundred bucks to put on film for a month, and punk, you lose the hundred dollars, say, I'm sorry, I can't give you. He's like, oh, he's mad he did it. You're not allowed to do the incentive. You're not allowed. If he wants to do it, Narvas, it's hard, and the incentive just gets him, he doesn't even want the money, then you're allowed to do incentives. That's the rule. So I don't want in yeshiva, the starting point, I don't want that to be, I want to be Ma'ira, his Ratzin, so I don't like incentives, I don't want Rebbeim to think of incentives. What I love is random reward. I love a guy shows up to Rabbi Zon Shir, and there's delicious cookies on the table. Better yet, a guy shows up to Shir, and Yair Kohn's is sitting there. I'm Zaycha, I say a shir every Shabbos to Chashev to, to, to ladies. And we learned Tyra every Shabbos for many, many years. It's one of my favorite shiurim that I give. It's a few, it, for many years, it was very few ladies. My wife and my sister, there were weeks I said to two people, my wife and my sister, Rebetz and Russ, my wife and Mrs. Russ. And then a few other people, we had three, four, five. Now it's like huge. There are weeks we get 12 nashim. But it's chashuvim, very chashuv ladies. And we learned Tyra for years. It's, it's a law, it's, I've been giving this year now for 13 years. And we learn that Shabbos very, very hailing. So, Rebetzin Zone comes weekly. And since she's, she hasn't been, she's been not well, she hasn't been at the Shear. She's been very careful. Medically, she has to be careful. Ilana Rivka Basrach should have refua shlema. And here at the Shear, she's a serious person. And Isha Chashuva Ma'id Ma'id Ma'id. This past Shabbos, we come in and Rebetzin Zone's at the Shear. And I think if I start decently on time, people come late because people for some reason assume I'm going to come late. So I started a shtickle on time and ladies were coming in late. And one lady walks in and sees Mrs. Zona like, like was very fired up. Then the next lady, I felt, I felt exactly like Rizone brings cookies to the shear. The re- I love random reward. I like when a guy goes to the base medrash and it was wonderful. That's a very big chizuk. I'm so happy I came. I saw Ashkacha. I'll come. Anybody who came to this Musa and Yair Kohn is here. It's delightful. I'm so happy I came today, Pashat. I had it sad. I almost, I had to be in Waterbury and I'm coming back and running back. So I had it sad. Call in today, I can't say. I'm happy I decided Yair is here. I'm here. Hashem rewarded me. Pashat Hashem gave. But I'm very, 
I'm very into random reward. To my own self, I like random reward a lot. In Chenuch, use with your own kids better than incentive. One night, you tell your son, your mom is learning so stark, let's go to the deli, let's go to 613, let's grill up the biggest steak he ever saw. I'm very into random reward. It's a big chizuk. You go to the basement and punk like you learned, you saw something, it's like, I'm sure we all have our random reward. This Shabbos, I saw it. Every lady who came to the shear said, blessed be the Lord, I came to the shear, I promise. Inside, that's very deep. That's very deep and that lasts for eternity. Every lady said, Hashem. They came a Shabbos afternoon. You have to hear Kalish. They hear for years. You hear, hear, they hear the same stuff. The guy repeats. He's impossible. And they, they want to learn. They want, this is the only shear available for Nashim in the city. And they come out. They want to learn some Torah. And they walk there and, and they see somebody they want to see. It was a chizuk. That's a big thing. That's a very big, it reinforces shtark. Very powerful experience. Like, wow, my happy. It worked out. It worked out. It worked out. A bacher, I know today, a bacher today stayed in yeshiva. There were other things, and he didn't even know why he stayed. And then he had a meeting that was very transformative. A bacher, I love a big person. He was like very nisragish. I see why I stayed. Hashem kept. It's a big chizuk when you do what's right and it works out and something good. It's a very big chizuk. It's deep. I'm very into random reward. With your own children, it's a deep zach. And, you'll, and to notice on yourself. I'm, I came in, I pram, I'm not telling you baloney. I'm telling I push myself to come today. It's amazing. It's a very big chizuk. I promise the next time I clear to push my body. The next time, should I come or not, my body will like move easier. That's what happens by random reward. The next time, this time you have to push, you push, push it easier. It's like, <laughs> it's like Yishmak, because you, you see Hashem's mechazik. Hashem's mechazik. It's mechazik, it makes it easy. So you, you look for these things in your life. Random reward, Hashem gives it all the time. Kisses and hugs. Random reward, Hashem also brings his cookies to she, I promise you. Shem all the time, Razon does their cookies, Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Brownstein, Rabbi Shapiro has like good coffee or cookies. Hashem always does that. There are always cookies in the basement. It's just some people are so self-centered or so self-absorbed or so thick, they don't observe it. So the guy's like eating a coffee and a cookie. He didn't say, Baruch Hashem. So nice. I came to share. There was a nice piece of cheesecake here. Just, Hashem, like, you're so not nice not to notice. Hashem put a cheesecake there. Put some geschmack and stuff. Take notice. So I'm very into random reward. So this Gemara strikes me. Rev Chesed, it's not what I'm learning yet. It's not what I want to put on my mind yet. It just strikes me. Rami Bar Chama misses Gishiv one day. Because you don't know what you missed. I picture Rev Chesed. Rev Chesed pushed that day. I don't know. Maybe they both had a boating trip. I don't know what. I don't know. We, the Gemara doesn't tell us where Rami Bar Chama was, Bensi. I'm sure it wasn't a boating trip. But Rev Chesed was there. And Rev Chesed said, oh, you don't know what you missed. So Rami Bar says, share the wealth. Like, yeah, he mamish missed the big day. <laughs> he blew it. He missed the big day. So Rav Chista tells Rami Bar like electric shayla that happened in the Beis Mesh. <laughs> I always, all the years I was in Beis Mesh, I loved when big things happened in Beis Mesh. There were, there, my, friends, my friends were masmidim, and, I, and, and you, you wanted to like keep up with the Joneses. So like might say Shabbos, they learned in the Beis Mesh. And if you pushed yourself... I love when somebody like visit us in the base Medrash. It was such a, that's like, that's Hashem put cookies in the base Medrash. Like punk, we're in the base Medrash and an old friend came, we would have been away. You wouldn't have, that's a, such a chizuk, it's such an encouragement, it's nice. Hello, Storch is here, Viggy pushed to come, made sure. Hello shows up, chizuk, yishmak, it's, it's wonderful. Random reward, it's a big Like Russ, you mask him. It, it, it's, it's a true zach. It's a big chizuk. It's a, it's a, it's a tremendous chizuk. It, it's encouraging. It's cool. Random reward. So I like Reb Chista showed up and the base medrash was magical. So he says, I'm not sure you have to tell the other guy. It's interesting. Reb Chista told Rabbi Barchama, you weren't in the base medrash the other day. Oh, did you miss a day? Okay, he told him that. Shine. So he tells him the shayla that went on in the base medrash. Rami Bar Chama says back that I even answer to the Shiloh. Whoa. He says, the big Shiloh, an electric Shiloh, was in the base measure. Rami Bar Chama says back, I even answer to the Shiloh. 
So he says, we, he said, it's not a Mishnah. I have a raya from a Mishnah to answer the Shaila. So Reb Chistah says, what, what Mishnah? And Reb says, no, 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 not so fast. Not so fast. That's why he's getting him back. Shad's fired back. Rami Bar Chama says, serve me and I'll tell you. Be my Shamish. L'chita Shamishli. Gemara Baba Kama Chafmad Beis. Very funny Gemara. L'chita Shamishli. Serve me? You want the pshat? Do something for me. <laughs> I actually like this because like I told you, I don't like paying people to put on tefillin. A guy once said to Revezi Shlita loves Torah. And a bacher said, Rebbe, I'll come to Shear if you take me to pizza. Revezi's face like turned upside down. He didn't know what to do. It, 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 can imagine a guy would say to you, picture a guy would say to you, you hand the guy a thousand dollars. Say, Ozzy, a thousand dollars. Ozzy said, Rebbe, I'll take the thousand dollars if you take me to the pizza shop. What do you say? Look, I'm, I'm all confused. You have me like, you have me befuddled. I'm just, <laughs> I don't, we're, we're talking different languages. I'm offering you a thousand dollars. Reb Ezi's look was priceless. He almost like, his face didn't know, he wasn't pretending. He, he <laughs> they were like, Rebbe, I'll come to Sheer if you take me a pizza. I don't know what you're talking. He, he likes, I remember like his face like fell off. Like his eyes went backwards. He didn't know what the guy was saying because like, <laughs> He doesn't view it like it's a chore to like learn Torah. So, guys, I'll come to your shear if you get. I don't know. Like, I don't know what you're saying. He, he literally did. If I would offer you a thousand, maybe maybe you want a thousand dollars. So I'll only take a thousand dollars if you take me to the pizza shop. Are you drunk? Am I drunk? Are, are we talking? What are you saying? So I like this. I, I like it. To me, like a guy comes to shear. A guy should pay. I should make daily learn Torah. Guy should have to give a dollar. We should have a big, we should have put out the cup. You put in a dollar, you just learn Torah like that. It's a schos. It's not a schos to learn Torah. So it's interesting. He says, I want to hear the Torah. He says, serve me. Pay up. So Reb Chista says, okay, Reb Chista wants the pshat. So Reb Chista shakles sudre, takes his scarf. Rami Barcha, I picture, I don't, I, maybe because I, I love, when I learned this Gemara, since I'd met David Del. Since I met him, I picture David Del, that gorgeous scarf he used to wear. You know what I'm talking about? That's what I picture. Because it says he takes his scarf. There's like yeshivish minatarmanola. You know the yeshivish guy who always has a scarf around his neck? But I don't picture the yeshivish guy with the scarf. This yeshivish guy with his beautiful, it was like purple, it was such nice colors. And he takes his scarf, and he folds it up for him. And then he tells him the Mishnah. He asks Reb Shimon Shkup. Reb Shimon Shkup was the Rosh Hashiv. Learned where? Where did Reb Shimon Shkup learn, Rabbi Yisai? Shimon Shkup later in life was actually Rosh Hashiv and Yeshiva Sitzkel Hanan. Later in life. But Reb Shimon Shkup, the Gain, the Gain Reb Shimon Shkup, he was the Rosh of Grodna. I thought you would know the Shara Torah. Arye, come on. Wasn't he Rosh Hashiv of Grodna? Rosh of Grodna. We Yehuda learned Grodna, Shara Torah is called Grodna. So in Grodna in Europe, I think Rav Shemeshkop was, am I right? Yeah. Rav Shemeshkop was the Shiva of Grodna. So Rav Shemeshkop, the Goyen B'tar, Rav Shemeshkop writes in, what's the name of his Sefer, Hevra? Shemeshkop Sefer? Shkai Chabdubi. Shara Yosher. It's called Shara Yosher. In Shara Yosher, Reb Shimon Shkop writes the following zog in his introduction to Shari Yesher. He says, what's going on? Why did Rami Bar Chama say, serve me and then I'll tell you pshat? Sounds so bizarre. He asks him a pshat, pay up. You want to hear pshat? Pay me, then I'll tell you. He pays him, he does an act of service, then he, hi, hi. You have a pshat, share the wealth. Says Reb Shimon Shkop, thank you for being here. What? We do buy svarim, but here, like we'll pay up, then I'll tell them the var. Said Reb Shimon Shkup, look at what he said, he said something deep. He said that Rami Bar Chama held that he has a very deep zug that he wants to share. Something deep and profound. And if you don't respect what you're about to hear has what to teach you, you're not going to apply yourself, you'll just... Ah, you, if you assume, when you go to a shir and you assume the one who's teaching has something to teach, you're much more careful, you listen more carefully, you try to absorb, you try to understand. 
And Rami Bar Chama said, if I tell you my Zug and you don't approach as a Talmud, you're just going to laugh away with us. Yeah, I got it. I know it. It's stupid. Yeah. I was listening to Rai Shapiro say Shir and I was frustrated. Bacha wasn't acting like a Talmud. Give him credit. He says smart things, Rai Shapiro. You can argue. I don't care. Argue for 10 years. But like, ask what he's saying. Take him seriously. Rami Bar Chama said that to hear my word is so subtle, you have to act like a Talmud. If you serve me, there's hope in your understanding. You're saying you're a Talmud, you'll give credit. You'll try, not that you have to be just follow without understanding, but you'll work to yes, understand. Reb Shemin Shkop says this on his own safe. He says, I'm writing deep things that I worked hard on. If you peruse the safe, what does it mean to peruse? Word of the day. Scan. To peruse through something is to like look at it like very superficially. If you learn it, like, what does he say here? And you're not a Talmud. He said, you're not going to understand. He said, I don't, I don't get what you're saying. The only way to get it is a certain seriousness. In my life, I have seen Svarim that I was curious about. Somebody told me a certain Sefer, so I read it like a spy. Does he say anything good in here? I look through. I read some Vart. Like, Three years later... I somehow get tempted and I hear about the author or something and I learn it as a Talmud. Like this, are you kidding me? I'm like shaking. <laughs> are you kidding me? Because I came as, I, it was the same thing I read both times. The first time I went to spy it out. I didn't come as a Talmud. So you're looking to spy. I didn't take, I didn't give credence to the words. I treated it with chashivus and then I came back and it was magical. It was an experience because I was a Talmud. And I want to say about Torah, I want to say about our precious Torah. We're holding today the 45th day of the Omer, six weeks and three days. And we're at that Kabbalah Satorah, might say Shabbos, Kabbalah Sunday morning, and I want to say that you watch people who take our Torah seriously and see what it does to them. People who study Torah, if you look at anybody, we're Zaychet Abrebeim, Raiwasniki. Raiwasniki is from learning Torah, taking Torah. I saw when he came to Yeshiva as a youngster, and he was a wonderful person, but he emerged as, a, as an elevated, exalted person. He, he soaked in Torah, he immersed in Torah. He learned it with sincerity and seriousness, and I've watched people change from Torah and change and elevate and become different from Torah. And it's important to have a chashivas to know what we're immersing in has a power to change. Much like Rami Bar Chama said that only if you give it the respect to know what, what I have, you'll take me seriously to absorb it in the right way. Doesn't mean just accept it without understanding, but you'll bother to try to understand. L'chita shamishli, serve me. Serve me. I want to say it's interesting to me the Torah was given, the Torah was given with lightning, with thunder, the Torah is given with Kailas Ubrakim. And Be'emes, one can ask on why the Torah was given with such fanfare. Hand it to us, it's true. But I think the Chashivusat Torah, the knowing how precious, the transformative power of Torah, the power of Torah to be Meroyme Megadel, and Part of Kabbalah Satira and the whole scene. Why does Hashem make lightning, thundering, such a scene? Give the precious gift. You have to make all. What's Maimir Har Sinai? Give the Torah. It's a precious gift. It was the treasure. It's important that our attitude towards the treasure, understanding what we have, understanding and respecting and appreciating the gift that we have. Seeing somebody steig and learn and what it does to a person, the transformative, the kayach of Torah, is very, very important that when we learn, we give it chashivos. It doesn't mean we don't, of course we strive to understand. Rabbi Barcham is not saying to Abchista, just take what I say and don't understand it. He's saying by you honoring it will bring you to understand it. It will help you. It will actually give you the kayach to toil to yes, understand. It will give you that power to bother to understand it. I want to tell you a pshat that, 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 I, that, that I love this pshat. I have kashas when I learn, I don't accept answers that I don't like. So I, and I had a kasha for many years. I want to share, could you get me Maritcha Gemara Makas? 
I want to, this, Shui, I have to show you this. I think you might like this. I think, you tell me. If you don't like it, don't tell me you like it. I know you wouldn't. <laughs> tell me what you think about this. How do you know where I'm going to show? You're getting my no. Stop. Good. <laughs> Let's see if it, thank you so much, Martha. Thank you. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, somebody learned this with a lot of us. This feels, this looks like my shas. Not because I learned a lot of us. Just... I need that for you. We'll have to see if we could find the pages. Huh. Wow. Oh, it's right. Is this that for you? Yeah, this looks that for you. Listen, you're so sweet. I will use this. Fine. Martha got us too. Perfect. Thank you. The Omar Rebbe. Rebbe says, Gemara daf Yudin Makas. Says Rebbe, Harbi Tur Lamadim Raboisai. I learned a lot of Tur from my Rebbeim. Umechavei Rayoisim. And I learned more Tur from my friends, Aryeh. Umitalmida Yoisim Ku. I learned the most from my students. Has anybody ever heard of Rebbe at his Talmud Sim? He's like, I learned a lot. Harbi Lamad. He loves quoting this Gemara daf Makas. Do you mean that? Knock it off. I don't like when people say things they don't mean. I don't like it. It's not fun. Be real. Don't be a pretend. You know, you know how much I learned from my Rebbe, guys? My Rebbe woke me up. I was like, I was just all Mets. Mets and Islanders. A chefs of Mets and Islanders. I thought I was going to play outfield for the Mets. And I, I couldn't hit a lick, so it was like a weird dream. Maybe the Mets didn't have such good hitters anyway, maybe I thought. I don't know. But Lemaisa, I thought I'd play outfield for the Mets. And if that didn't work, I was going to coach basketball. That was the backup plan. That I met my Rebbe at a young age, and he spoke and learned tire with us. He taught me who the Aves were. Whenever he gave speeches, he spoke about the Aves, Bereshis. The Shiurim he said in Chumash by Shalashudis, before Yamim Taivim, I felt like a tremendous connection to the Aves. He brought me into a world of Gedolim. He told us about a lot of Tzadikim, about Yisrael Salante, the altar of Nevardik, the altar of Kelm, and I felt the connection to big people, to Tzadikim. The way he learned the piece of Gemara carefully and connected, Rabbi Shapiro learned the piece of Gemara with the Olam Yes as a kid of Shemayim. My Rebbe would learn Gemaras with us. The way he learned every word and treasured every word and explained and cared, he brought me to Torah. So my Rebbe taught me everything. You know, a Rebbe's a magical word. A guy sits by Rabbi Shapiro for a year or two. Picture like Binyamin Brummer. He said, Am I from my students? You don't mean it. Come on. But I say, my friends, I promise I like the guys here a lot. I have good friends here. What do you say? You learnt, taught me more than my Rebbe? Are you kidding me? Come on, what you, really? Really? I, trust me, I've learned good things from every friend of mine. More than my, I say on Shui, more than my Rebbe? He's a good friend, a great friend. Do you mean that? And I'm sure I could say, I could articulate things I learned. I see Hill, I'm a good friend of Hill. I can articulate what I got him. When I say I learned more from him than Rebbe, it's like a preposterous statement. It's, you're wild to say that. You're acting wild. People say it. That, listen, they're quoting a Gemara. What did Rebbe mean? And what do you mean? I, I've gone up to speak. Do you mean that? <laughs> Tell me, what, what are you saying? Maybe you just never had a Rebbe, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, a person gets him a Rebbe, it's like mind-blowing. <laughs> 
I went to write Shapiro's Shear yesterday. It like blew my brain up. And the guy just, Yaakov, you easily say, I learned a lot from Shapiro, but I learned much more from my friend. Are you serious? Show me the friend. Yaakov's been there two years absorbing Torah. And then you just say on a friend, and I learned more from my friend. Really? What we learned from Rebbein blows, it changed my life. I see the world different. You, you open my eyes. What type of irons it bother you, Aaron? It very much troubles me. I don't like when people are ingenuous, when they're not genuine, and say things that aren't true, that you don't, you don't think that way. So does a guy mean that? Maybe he just never met a Rebbe. If a guy never met a Rebbe, fine, I learned more from my friend. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Find the Rebbe, quick. But a guy is a Rebbe who blew his mind, who opened his mind, and he's really like, he saw a new world. So he, he like, I never dreamed of this. And since when a friend does that to a person, he saw a new world. So he opened my mind. I never, knew, I never knew that existed. I didn't know that existed. I never, I never had a saga of that. The Rebbe blew my, when, Before I met my Rebbe, I'd never seen those things. And I met him, he changed, he blew up my mind. My, my friend, more than that? I love my friends. I get from my friends. I just can't say I learned more from my friends. It's not, it's not accurate. What's going on, Trevor? Kasha bothers you, David? I want to find the guy that Kasha doesn't bother. I'm like curious. I spoke to one of the G'daylum this week about this Kasha. One of the big Rosh Hashivas in America. I asked him this Kasha this week. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't relate to his answer. Then see the cash as a cash. It's a shtickleville. Do you have an answer to this? Yaakov, what do you hold? Yaakov's like just four minutes. He's his last two weeks of Rai Shapiro. You're gonna tell and for my friends even more. What are you talking about? Well, like and I love my friends. I'm inspired and my friends are the I could talk about friends that I wouldn't be worth living without friends. Trust me. What they give a person a reason to live. Friendship, I have no doubt it's the most my friendship, Momo's come to Yeshiva is a, is, a, is a friend. The Chavar is a tremendous, you did. It's tenuous, it's beautiful, it's inspiring. I've learned from it too. I've learned from it too. You learn from your friends. More than your What are you talking about? It bothers me when people, people exaggerate things. I'll tell you where it's funny. I'll tell you exactly where it's funny. If a guy, if a guy stops learning and chas v'shalom goes off the derech, he was such a Talmud Chacham, you make him a bigger Talmud Chacham. People like, and if a Rebbe, a Rebbe was once Michael Jordan. Every Rebbe was once, I know people who couldn't lift the basketball. I hear from Talmud, the guy is the best. I'm like, oh, I, I played with the guy. He couldn't shoot, he couldn't score a point. <laughs> But it, somehow he learns he was once a good ball player. So if you ever wanted to get a good shame as a good ball player, learn a lot. And the more you learn, the better. He used to dunk. He was unbelievable. Calm down, calm down. You know? it's, it's the nature of the world. When people, people take it, it's nice you learn a lot from friends. More than a Rebbe, a Rebbe is the one you learn from. It blows your mind. It opens you up to a new world. Somebody who doesn't have a Rebbe, I could see saying this. If you have a Rebbe, that's unlikely. Ironically, you know who says this statement? The Amar Rebbe. Rebbe says the statement. His name is Rebbe. He knew what a Rebbe was. <laughs> Anybody who knows what a Rebbe, it seems very odd to say such a statement. I don't know if my Pshat's Pshat. I ran it by this Rosh Hashiva and he didn't, his terrors didn't work by me and my terrors didn't work for him. But what I, what I, what I, what I, this is not a, te- another rub was there, and I told him, and he went wild from the terrace. So I'm not saying it's the terrace, I don't know, but I want to say my own experience is what I could say. Shuvir, I want to say, I didn't see my Rebbe transform from the Torah he taught me. Because my Rebbe came in, he had learned that Torah, and he's presumably teaching me what changed him. I did not see my Rebbe transform. He transformed before he taught me. Now, people continuously evolve, Mayor. But when you go, why do you learn by your Rebbe? Because you find him amazing. So I, I learned by my Rebbe. He had transformed. Now, he's still transforming, Shui. But I'm not tall enough to see. To see growth up there, I just don't have the eyes for it. It's subtle. So I don't see my Rebbe transforming.
My chaverim, I see them take the tire of my Rebbe and I experience that transformation. I learned a lot from my Rebbe, but from my friends more than my Rebbe, from my friends I learned, the, my Rebbe taught me the Torah. In my friends I experienced the transformative power of Torah. What's my confidence that Torah will change me? I saw it change my friends, that I experienced in friends. It's true, but how did I have the confidence? What I got from my Rebbe, he told me, but I didn't see it transform. The mo- it's true, so I want to say on yourself, you see it better in others. Well, you don't see yourself grow ever. You never see yourself grow. And the second point I want to make is that what gives you the confidence to take the tire of your Rebbe is seeing your friends transformed by that tire. What were you saying, Momo? We do see our own trans- what, what a lot what motivates us to begin with. When a Rebbe teaches Torah, what motivates us to take the Torah, how do I know it transforms, is seeing friends transform. I think I see it more me. We could see, I, I agree. I agree. When I say Chavera, a person could see it from himself. What I'm saying, the experience, and it could be his included, he's not his own Chaver, but from his peers, more than his Rebbe, he sees from his peers and perhaps from himself, perhaps that even encourages himself to absorb his Rebbe's Torah. But I could say, I, I mean that Ernst on Torah, and this point you see more in people around you. I have seen more transformation of people around me than from my Rebbe. Even the Rebbe handed the Torah, but the transformative power of Tyra, I have seen more in friends than from my Rebbe. According to this is the power of Tyra. It's what Tyra does. So that's also part of Limud is, is the understanding of what the power of Tyra is. Shui, I don't know I'm right. I don't want to get, you have no right to stop in a Gemara, whatever you want. And like Viggy asked, this is Harbi Lamadati Mechaver Yosem, says, I learned more. I'm claiming what I learned is not the information, but the power of Torah. I learned more from my friends. What do you think of that, Yair? It's from my experiences. I don't know if that's pshat. You're not allowed to put in whatever you want in the Gemara. I don't know. I don't know. Perhaps that's what it means. Now, somebody could argue. It says, I learned more from my friends. People have said that the friendships and, and being a Rebbe forces you. I'm very troubled by that pshat. People have said that having Talmudim, having to teach them, that's not really the Talmud. He's almost, if he'd be a robot, just... <laughs> it sounds like... Talmudim teach. So what does that mean? I'm not clear. There's a truth. There's a truth. There's a truth. It sounds like in Torah. It sounds like... Friends do teach us, no question. Yeah. You say that mission was also like, but I learned the most from my Talmudim. Correct. Then, Rebbe saying that that's because you see more in your friends, you see your Chantel. The most ever you see in transformative power is your students because you know their flaws. That's what I want to claim. I don't know I'm right much. I just observe this observation. I've seen in my friends more transforming than I see on my Rebbe because, because my Rebbe, I, I, he gave me the Torah that I think can transform. And like, like Momo said, you could see it in yourself as well. It's easier to see on others. You see the tires. The most you see the power of tires, more than your friends, your students, because you're most keenly aware of the flaws, because that, that's what it means to have students that you're working with, you're building. So the most you see it is in students. That's what I want to claim. I don't know I'm right. This point that from others you see the transformative power of Torah, and that's mechazek, is something that I want to know, give it chashivas. The words of Torah are precious. Torah is precious and know its power. Know its power is very important. If you learn Torah without a respect for Torah, it will lose its kayach, it loses its force. If you don't respect it, like when I would look at a sefer and I would just, Ozzy, be observing, I didn't respect it, I didn't see anything. I, this has happened to me. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, talking, I'm talking practically. I have read books, Svarim, that I didn't respect, and I looked. Is there anything here? Nah. I read pieces. Nah. Then somehow I got some respect to it. Somebody I respected liked the sefer. Or, or I saw a piece somewhere and quoted a certain way, or I heard a story about the author. If something moves and all of a sudden I open the safe with respect, 
Like the flies. All of a sudden, it's amazing. I've seen this. I've seen this. And it's important with all of Torah. The more we have a respect for Torah, that's the story of Rami Bar Chamer of Chista. Rami Bar Chamer said, I'm going to tell you something difficult. If you don't serve me, you're not going to understand it. If you're not machnia, and this is the point with Torah, the point is to know, and how, how can I know this? Watch what happens when people learn it. There's something here. You watch what happens to the learner of Torah. It does something to the learner of Torah. My father is somebody, my, I've, I've, my father, I've not, he, he's, he's, my, he's a Rebbe. I can't say I've seen the whole transformation, but I can say I've seen some of it. Again, it's, he's tall, so I can't see that high. But I do want to say, my father has sat and learned Basmad his whole life. I, I'm like amazed what Torah does to a person. I've seen it. I've seen what Torah does to a person's midas and thought. His thoughts are Torah, his thoughts are Torah. <laughs> He breathes Tyra, he, and, and I see what the transformative power of Tyra. Tyra does something to it. It's Miraimim, it's Megadal a person. I see what Tyra does to a person. I, I experienced it, I've seen it. Again, it's harder to see in your Abayim and people bigger than you. And I've seen to others, I've seen to Hillels, I've seen to people who have sat and learned Tyra in the most sincere of ways. Nothing pretend. I've just seen learning Torah as something there. Ray Shapiro, Ray was snicky. I have watched them from youth to now. And I see people that are big people. And are very big people. Serious people from learning Torah. From engaging Torah. From putting their minds to Torah in a sincere, authentic way. And I've seen the power of Torah to transform a person. And it's important then to study Torah with that seriousness. That you're holding something. Just that respect to what I'm doing itself will allow you to learn in the proper way. Again, still not just say, well, okay, it doesn't matter if I know. Try to understand it. Wrap your mind around it, but give it the right respect. Give it the right respect. There's a line, the smartest man who ever said, whoever lived said the following words about Tyra. I love these words. He said, Silsala Vatarei Mimeka. Silsla, to be misalsel, I don't have here to do this, but it says that Yaisav HaTzadik is to be misalsel b'sayri. It means he like twirled his hair. Yair could do it. He like twirled, he like played with his hair. And it says about Tyra, play with it and it will elevate you. Just touch it, just play with it. Vatirei Mimeka and it will elevate you. That's what the smartest man who ever lived said about Tyra. Play with it, just toy with it. Silsla, move it around. Toy with it, and you'll find yourself elevated. It has a power. There's a power in the Torah. There's a power of being megadal and being meraimei memensh, that it does something to a person, the learning of Torah. This year, Klal Yisrael mourned the loss of Reb Chaim Kanievsky, and we mourned the Yid who sat and learned Torah. And he became a, 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 a vessel of Ashra Sashrina from learning Torah. We have a tremendous respect for, lear, for Torah, and the nature of learning Torah, know that it's something chashev. I like a bacher takes a gemara. I like when a guy's his own gemara. There's something respectful about that. Buys his own gemara. Opens it with a certain respect. He's, he's, he's going to learn Hashem's Torah. And learns with a certain... He's, I'm about to learn Hashem's Torah. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, when he read a Mishnah, would say, he said, God said, Yachloiku. Learned it with a certain chashivas before he started. There was a respect for the Dvar Hashem, for the words of Hashem, and for the power, the transformative power of the words of Hashem. He had a tremendous respect for it. And coming with that type of respect allows it, of course, to impact us more, to come to the truth of Torah, to the appreciation of Torah. If you, yesterday we listened to a shir of Rai Shapiro, the way he takes every word of the Gemara so sincerely. And Mimele finds pearls, words. We just now learned the Gemara Baba Kama. Beautiful Gemara, you miss Shear, good Zug and Shear. Take all the words seriously. I was Zaycheshu in my life. There was Yid Reb Chaim Kreisworth. He was known as the Antwerp Rav. Chaim Kreisworth. He was a guy in Betaira. He knew Shas, Mila Vimila Balpe. Word for word, Balpeh. His son was Nifter a year ago, was the Rosh Hashiva of Torah Chaim. He was the Rav in Antwerp and was the Rosh Hashiva in America's Atayra together with his Talmud Rav Ratman. Rev Chaim cries with Talmud Rev Ratman opened America's Atayra and Rebbe and Talmud Rosh Hashiva's together. Rev Chaim cries with was a Goyen B'Tayra, new Shas word for word, Balpeh. 
I was Zaycha to hear a couple of shiurim in my life from him. I was Zaycha once to talk to him and learn privately, and a couple of times to hear shiurim. When he quoted a Gemara, I never seen it by anybody in my life since. When he quoted Reb Miller, Reb Miller, I saw this, maybe Reb Miller. But when Rev Kreisler quoted the Gemara, like we chew a succulent steak. Word of the day, succulent. Somebody look it up. Mysh, succulent. Right, right, read it, read it. Good tasting. Good tasting. Succulent is like, oh, like a steak. That's good. It means good tasting. Tender, juicy, and tasty. Tender, juicy, and tasty. On a steak, they say succulent. David Ellie's like a capable guy. He knew that word succulent. Anybody who's like, if you eat his food, you know what that means. You know that word, right? It means tender, juicy, and tasty. They say it on a steak, a succulent steak. He would read a piece of Gemara. He was like, it was delicious for him. He'd read every word. He would quote it by heart. I heard him say shiurim. He would quote by heart every word of Torah. It was delightful for him. It was delightful. His avasat Torah, his love of Torah, nushas word for word by heart. But he would read, he would say all the names. He would read it. Rebchia Barabba, Omar. He would say each word quoting like exact. Even like the name you say fast. Okay, but I, I don't, who said it? I don't remember. Rebchia Barabba. He would say it slow. It was like the... He was chewing a steak. He don't eat it fast. That's how we learned Torah. There was an appreciation to the Divrei Torah. He valued... You could see was, he was like holding diamonds. You know, somebody would show you their precious baseball cards. Like, you know, they like grab them like worth it. A Bachan Yeshiva said he has a $100,000 card except it's bent. <laughs> Goes down to like $1.50 once it's bent. Like <laughs> It's a weird thing, baseball cards. But yeah, a guy told me, guy told me he has a card. A guy, 100,000, I think he said, but it's bent. You show your cards, a guy holds them like, whoa, 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 whoa. Do you wash your hands like it? You hold them carefully. He would say over Tyree, he was holding diamonds. He had a chashivas to what he was saying. I'll end with a story about Rav Kreisworth. Because I mentioned the tzaddik, I'll tell you a story, and we'll close with this story. Rev Kreisworth was deathly ill. It's a good story because we just spoke about Rev Kreisworth. His father was, his son was Nifter this year. And the other person in the story is the stipend, Rev Chaim Kanievsky's father. He was also Nifter this year's son. So the two sons were Nifter. Let's say a story about the fathers. Shui Rev Chaim Kreisworth was, de- was deathly ill. And doctors said he has one month to live. His body was racked. I think he had Yen And the doctor said, you're going to die in a month. We'll keep you alive for a month, but your, your time in the world died. He was on life support. He was, he was in bad, bad shape. He sends somebody to the stipler to tell the stipler how sick he was. He's, the doctors gave up. He had like very short, literally weeks, a month, to live, very short to live. You have to ask the family exactly how much time. I don't want to exaggerate more or less. Doctors said his days were numbered. And he sends somebody to the stipler to tell the stipler, yeah, yeah, listen to the story. So Reb Chaim Kreisworth, the Antwerp Rashiva, the Rashiva of America's attire, he was the Rav in Antwerp in Belgium. And here he's, he's dying. And doctors said his life's over. So he, he sends somebody to the stipler to tell the stipler that they said his life's over. So the stipler said, one second, every morning we say a Mishnah, Elut Varim, and it says these things, these things it says in this list, a person gets schar in this world and the next world. Normally there's only schar in the next world. There's a list of mitzvahs that have schar in this world also, but it still maintains schar for the next world. And it's a list of things. Kibar honoring parents, in middle of this list, it says, Biker Chaylam, visiting the sick. Tomorrow at 10.45 in Yeshiva, I'm bringing a Yid in to speak. I want to bring in a Varim Chassid, and he's going to give a 10-minute speech about Satmer Biker Chaylam. I asked him to come, Chaver. He's going to come at 10.45, Morgan in the free tomorrow in the morning, and he's going to give a shear. He's going to tell us for 10 minutes about Biker Chaylam of Satmer. So it says in the list of things, visiting the sick, Biker Chaylam. He's in charge of Satma Biker Chaylam, a good yid. So it says Biker Chaylam is, um, is something that you get Tzchayin Olam Azeh and Olam Abba. Hachnos Kalam, listen to this, Shui. It says Biker Chaylam, 
visiting the sick, Achnasas Kala, Achnasas Kala is providing for a bride. The Achnasas mean the expense of a Kala. To provide for a lady to get married gives you So visiting the sick, providing for a Kala, and escorting the dead. Yes, the stipe, there's something wrong. You visit a sick person, and next he dies. So they should be next to each other. Beaker Chaylin, visit the sick guy, and then unfortunately he doesn't make it. Why in between Beaker Chaylin and Achnas and Levayas Hames, Hashem sticks in, the Mishnah sticks in, Achnas is Kala, supporting a Kala. Said the stipler, if you support a Kala, it interrupts Beaker Chaylin to Levayas Hames. Said the stipler of Chaim Kreisworth, for now on, marry off, promise that you'll marry off Yisaymais. For Yisayma needs money for a chasna, you'll, you'll raise every penny. He was a rav in Antwerp, very wealthy Jews there. You raise the money, and then it interrupts. Rev Kreisler says, I swear, a Yisayma, I'll marry you off Yisaymais. I'll pay for the chasna. 20,000, I'll raise every penny. For the next 22 years, he took off life support and walked out of the hospital. The family's mayor, he like walked out. Doctor said, you're dying soon. He said, okay, I'm going to die from home. He left the hospital. He lived 22 years, I believe. And he did the next 22 years, he raised millions of dollars to marry off all Yisaymais. Doctor said he had a month, he lived 22 years. Because the stipler said that between Bikr Chaim and Yisaymais, so Chaim Kreisuk made a commitment for the next two decades plus, he married off Yisaymais. If a girl was a Yisayma, he paid, Achnasas Kala, he paid for the chasna, 20,000, 30,000, 100,000 for the ha- he, he did the wedding arrangements the next 22 years, and in lieu of the 30 days that doctors were oimed, that he, the teva, he could live, I think he lived like 22 years. He had to find the family the number of years, it was decades. You know, that in, in America, Taras Chaim, everybody knows the story. Is that a cool story? That's of Kreisworth and the Stipler. Both their sons, when if there should be an Eli for both Neshamas, the Munas Chachamim, the series of Tyre. But this point of how of Kreisworth learned and he took Tyre so seriously is something I would be mechazik us all to give a value, to know Tyre is precious. Where should we know it from? How do we give it? Look around and see what happens to learners of Tyre. Observe. When we observe that, that's the mechavei yosimehem that we can observe. Whoa, there's something there. There's some kayach, there's some power. I take it more seriously. I learn it with a shtickle more care. And all of a sudden, it has that impact on me as well. Thank you, Rabbi Yisrael.